Welcome to the Future of Supply Chain, where each episode we'll sit down with entrepreneurs, investors, and industry veterans to discuss innovation, technology, and the most exciting opportunities in trucking and logistics as we build the future of supply chain together. Be sure to head over to podcast.dynamo.vc to keep up to date with our latest content or subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice. Now, let's get into the show. Here's our host, Santosh Senkar. Hey, ladies and gents, welcome back to the Future Supply Chain Podcast. I'm your host, Santosh Sankar, and joining me today is Martin Rand, co-founder and CEO of Pactum. Welcome, Martin. Hi, Santosh. It's good to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, yeah. Great to have you on uh, a, a company that uh, we're really excited about to, to see where you all go and, and take this opportunity um, that's sitting ahead of you, but would love to just introduce at a high level what are you and your team at pactum working on yeah so so we automate tail spend negotiations with ai and this is a rather complicated sentence but what it really means is that uh, we're working with the largest uh, enterprises in the world uh, the likes of walmart and all of our uh, customers have uh, a similar uh, problem they have tens of thousands of vendors and 80% of the vendors are uh, long tail vendors or tail spend vendors. Um, and that means not enough human attention from the procurement professionals can be allocated uh, to these vendors. Uh, and that means uh, those deals uh, are not optimal, uh, meaning if, if people would actually renegotiate those deals, then both sides would gain. The vendor would gain and the enterprise would gain. Uh, but quite often, the, the kind of this uh, neglected value uh, in those deals is uh, too small to mandate a human taking a look. Um, so, so these deals are sometimes neglected. And what we do is uh, renegotiate uh, those deals with a machine. And, you know, th this is such a unique area to focus on. I I'd be curious, like, how did you and your co-founders even stumble into uh, building a startup focused on, on this opportunity, this problem area? Yeah, so, so my last startup was uh, Vital Fields. Uh, it was a, a compliance-focused um, software for farmers. We ended up uh, selling that to Monsanto, and I became commercial lead for Climate Corporation, which was uh, Monsanto's digital arm. And, and my responsibility was uh, the whole of Europe, uh, and I had to negotiate uh, deals with, uh, with big food and ag enterprises in Europe. Um, and uh, my week could, could begin with uh, negotiating with the Ukrainians and end with negotiating with the French. And I believe I got to see uh, all possible uh, cognitive biases and cultural differences there is to see in negotiations. So I thought, wow, this is, uh, this is more complicated than it should be uh, for people and technology could make negotiations a lot more efficient. Uh, the, the, the business world runs on negotiations. And, and people pay uh, a lot of attention to strategic negotiations, but the long-tail negotiations, which make up my, the, the, the bigger majority of all negotiations, are quite often just neglected. 
And, and, and that's really interesting because I think a lot of our listeners who have a procurement supplier vendor background, uh, as well as folks, you know, who are oftentimes selling into organizations uh, and they need to deal with this dynamic. A, a lot of people might have the misconception that negotiations have a clear winner and a clear loser. But um, the one thing I've learned from spending time with you is that's not the case. And you actually have a lot of research supporting the, the Pactum approach. I, I'd love to walk through that. Sure. So, so the goal of any negotiation in the world uh, should be uh, reaching uh, Pareto optimality. And uh, Pareto optimality is a state where one side cannot get a better deal without hurting the other side. Um, mo- most deals in the world are not Pareto optimal simply because uh, there is the, the data surrounding the deals is too complex. Uh, the, the people negotiating the deals, you know, have, have, have the same things which I mentioned, like cultural differences or lack of preparation or abusing their strengths or, uh, or cognitive biases. So, so they don't achieve the Pareto optimal state. Uh, and essentially, our task becomes to look, uh, look at, the, at the deal and, uh, and determine how uh, can it be pushed towards the Pareto optimal frontier. Uh, and that means that uh, both sides will usually uh, gain value. Yep. Yep. So, so how does um, a, a customer use the, the Pactum solution? Would you be able to like, walk us through a user story as to how a customer day-to-day has Pactum helping them with their long-tail negotiations? Sure. Uh, so it all begins um, with, uh, uh, with the onboarding process, which is a very complicated part uh, of, uh, of the whole flow. Uh, and that usually takes about two months, and uh, we uh, we go into the enterprise with, uh, or nowadays do video calls with with about three of our analysts, and uh, we we find out everything that's relevant to these negotiations. That means all of the data associated, uh, the goals, the tactics, the strategies of these negotiations, the, the positive and negative levers, all of the negotiation items, um, and, and that uh, data collection and interviews phase takes about uh, one to two weeks. Uh, and then we get cracking with uh, uh, building what we call um, uh, the value function. Uh, so this is uh, the, the AI part of the product, which uh, knows every every interaction between each one of those negotiable items and is able to determine uh, best uh, strategies and tactics uh, based on, on previous uh, data, based, based on data from previous negotiations. Uh, after the um, value function is built, we build the negotiation flows, uh, which is the uh, kind of a human understandable uh, chat, basically chat flow uh, of a of a negotiation um, that then taps into the uh, value function for knowledge, uh, and then 
and then the the product is ready to be uh, sent out to vendors. And how we do that is is that uh, we send emails uh, to the vendors from uh, from under the enterprises uh, email. Uh, and and usually the email says something like uh, you know hey you've been a, you've been an excellent vendor to us we feel that there might be additional value that uh, both sides could gain from the current deal let's talk about the current deal and then in a chat interface the the when the vendor uh, goes through the current contract and the and uh, and uh, the the goal of the uh, bot is to find out what the vendor values, uh, and to and it knows what the uh, what the enterprise values, uh, and it will uh, try to do beneficial trades during this negotiation. Mm. And uh, is there a, a specific market or certain dynamics that Pactum works best in? Because uh, I can think of uh, some folks out there, like on the supplier side, um, who might need to be persuaded <laughs> to use a digital solution yeah. rather than pick up the phone. Yeah, we've um, so so we've worked with um, a lot of industries from uh, from online advertising to uh, uh, to uh, retail uh, and uh, uh, real estate and uh, and uh, yeah and what we're Pactum works best is where there are where there is scale, where there are a lot of vaguely similar um, uh, ne- deals or, or negotiations t- to be had, uh, and there is a big uh, amount of them. So and and currently the retail industry is in flux. So so uh, so the. Uh, the groceries retail is uh, booming, and apparent, uh, apparel retail is not doing so well, and this means uh, adjustments uh, to their vendors, and this means a lot of negotiations to their tens of thousands of vendors. So this is this is a, a good area. Um, uh, also, uh, manufacturing is uh, the procurement people in manufacturing. Manufacturing are trying to uh, maintain their margins, uh, but also keep the supply chain alive in this difficult time. And this this requires uh, a really thoughtful approach. And it's uh, hard to give enough thought by humans uh, if negotiating with with thousands of uh, small vendors. And a lot of the negotiations, or actually all the negotiations, are done through a simple chat based interface. Is that right? That's that's true. Yes, we uh, uh, the chat interface. We we started from the chat interface, and and uh, we've we've so far we haven't uh, we haven't found anything better. Uh, chat chat works really well. It's written format. Uh, it's conversational, so so it's pleasant. Uh, it can have all of the required uh, data and information inside. Um, and and sometimes, kind of, our, our goal has never been to build a a chatbot, and we're not a we're not a chatbot company, but uh, but somehow chat seems to be a great interface to to have such negotiations. 
And, you know, I'd, I'd be curious, you know, without naming names, like, um, what are some examples of the benefits you've seen your customers and their suppliers walk away with from, you know, taking part in a pactum driven renegotiation? Yeah. So, so all of our negotiations uh, are to are built up to expand the pie, so to create value for both sides, and uh, and for our customer, the enterprise, we built uh, we built uh, a back uh, back end interface where they can see uh, where they can see the the value created for them, and 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 they can see all of the negotiations taking place, all of the statuses and the value created, and and it's. Uh, and uh, and it's really invigorating to to go through uh, the, these backend interfaces from time to time and see that uh, there's a lot of additional value created uh, in in the world and this and this is created for both sides so so the bot just goes through thousands of vendors and and gets seven thousand dollars from uh, from here. Uh, you know, five thousand dollars from this other deal, and uh, and uh, it and and those uh, and if there are tens of thousands of vendors, those uh, numbers really add up and, to tens and, of, of millions. And and how does the the vendor uh, benefit? Because I think some people might overfixate on, well, the the vendor might disproportionately be giving up revenue, but it also sounds like there's opportunity to take share uh, from perhaps other vendors that your customers doing business with or cross-selling a product. What, what have you seen as a supplier benefit? Yeah. So, so there is, uh, it, it's, it's very hard for a, for a bot to strike a new deal if there is nothing in it, uh, for the vendor. Uh, we, we don't, you know, the, the bot does not, uh, uh, is, is, Cannot have uh, authoritative negotiations and with a loud voice uh, and and demand concessions. Uh, the the only way the bot can create value is if it creates value uh, for both sides. And uh, the the items uh, to ne- negotiate about uh, the, are the, there's a hu- usually a huge number of things to negotiate. Uh, about uh, with because usually the en- uh, enterprise deals are complex, so there are uh, freight terms, warehousing terms, uh, payment terms, liability terms, um, you know, you name it, and, and we haven't even named price. Uh, so so across all of those terms, uh, we we calculate the value for both sides. It doesn't even need to be the price. The price can remain the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Both sides just receive terms that are beneficial for both of them. So the, the interesting thing that you just actually pointed out is you know, one cannot raise their voice or um, you know bring emotion, theatrics into it. And uh, I'd be curious, like how... How have you been able to limit that? Because I feel like a lot of that has to do with the beauty of your you know, simple interface, the automation. How has that you know, compounded with the way Pactum's built? Because emotion can be a bad thing in these situations. Yeah, 
Emo- yeah, exactly. So, so, and, uh, and, and interestingly, emotion, the feedback that we have gotten from, uh, from the vendors who have negotiated with the bot has been sometimes very human and very emotional. Something like the bot listened to me. And finally, I was able to, to kind of find, finally, the other side considered what I had to say. And we got a good deal. Uh, mm. So, so these, and or they say that the pot, uh, the uh, the system was very pleasant and polite. They know it's a bot on the other side, uh, but but they still attach uh, these human um, elements uh, to it. So we don't uh, quite uh, cut out uh, the emotions uh, from this, um, and it's not. And and you know there there can be good emotions as well in a negotiation, mm. um, and not not only not only bad emotions, uh, but uh, but uh, the thing the thing is that we are quite often uh, we start a negotiation where there was nothing at all previously. So so the enterprise hadn't talked to the vendor for years and years, and and having and not having a fully human negotiation uh, um, isn't uh, kind of isn't the problem there because uh, the, ben- the 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 benchmark is, the, is is nothing at all and if there's a bot that lacks some emotion uh, it it still can can uh, generate a lot better results than than not talking to this vendor at all. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. And, you know, without kind of giving away the secret sauce, you, you're able to automate these functions or, or these negotiations rather because of the value function you create. Is there anything else that helps streamline and, and automate um this capability because you're really power, uh, bringing a powerful tool to the table for a fortune 500 business. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so this is, uh, this is the value function and of course learning from the data. Uh, so what we, the data we store is, uh, is the psychological data about negotiations. So, so we learn what tactics and strategies work, um, uh, what pay, uh, what ways of phrasing sentences work. Uh, uh, you know, ev- uh, everything associated with how do we structure uh, the negotiation well, uh, and this uh, and this data we store, and every negotiation makes every other negotiation uh, better for each customer. And this is a totally unique uh, data set, um, and and it of course enables to to drive better results for both sides. And and by the way, we we uh, uh, we don't use the business sensitive data. We don't use and we don't store business sensitive data to train our models. Uh, we we only we only use the anonymized psychological data like that yeah so like how does somebody like walmart leverage the the pactum solution so we could get it into a real world example yeah i so so i can't 
I can't talk specifically around Walmart, but but I can talk uh, about the retail case. Uh, yeah. Uh, so so uh, so the way so so firstly uh, there is direct and indirect procurement. Uh, so uh, so so direct is is anything that the company might sell. Uh, uh, it's its core business and in, indirect our our purchases. Uh, to uh, to to the office or or protective equipment and th- and things like that, and uh, we can help in both of those. So so in in direct uh, in uh, direct uh, we will um, uh, talk to uh, to the vendors and agree on freight terms, agree on warehousing terms. Agree on on specific things like uh, shelf space, if that is uh, applicable, uh, and and uh, payment terms and the price and and so on. Uh, and in indirect, it's uh, it's quite similar. Um, uh, yeah. So so there are about thirty items that we can negotiate about, and uh, and agree optimal. Uh, outcomes. And uh, so, you know, taking a step back here, you, you're at the very early innings of automating uh, a very routine yet important function around management of the long tail. But, you know, how do you think about Pactum as we think about the future of supply chain five, seven, 10, 20 years from now? Yeah, so so one thing that uh, we're seeing that might be happening soon is that uh, we we will connect the value chain. Uh, we we're working. Most of our revenue comes from Fortune 500 companies, and and that has created a lot of attention. And of course, um, large vendors to these enterprises are, are turning to us again. Are turning to us also. And asking what could we do for them, and that opens up a whole new world because suddenly, if we have automating auto automated negotiations on both sides, we could potentially do bot to bot negotiations. Uh, now, bot to bot negotiations are an entirely different different ball game because essentially you could do a negotiation, you know, not not every year as currently. But say every day, or interact, uh, or re- react to uh, commodity uh, price fluctuations, or interact to any any data. For instance, uh, the the, uh, the sales performance uh, of the products, um, and this and and of course, two bots will be able to find the product optimal outcome instantly and and perfectly adhere. Uh, to uh, to the strategy of both sides, so this will make the world a lot more efficient. And you know, I'm going to sh- shift gears here a little bit to talk about business building because, as as you mentioned, this is your second startup, um, and I'd be curious uh, relative to your prior company to Pactum, how did you approach going from that zero to one? Um, you know, you're you're starting with an idea and you take it into a product and win an early customer. Did that differ any? I think it differed a little bit because uh, you, if it's the second startup, then 
one already has contacts and has some some sort of uh, some boldness or courage mm-hmm. uh, and and i think we were you know i was i was much more earlier going out uh, to people and and selling uh, the product even if it was just a concept uh, to validate it to get feedback um, and also uh, we were much more bold in uh, fundraising uh, we've we've now uh, we've now during one and a half years we raised uh, uh, two times more money than during the whole uh, life cycle of of my last startup um, so so once we see traction we will press press on 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 the gas and another thing that uh, that maybe we do dif- differently is we're a lot more structured in our legal foundations uh, because uh, it you know it it really it really makes sense to get a good lawyer in the beginning and and build a startup up in the right way so that due diligence wouldn't be a nightmare in during every every funding round um, so this this is this is what I've learned also from my previous startup so the the one question we get a lot uh, from founders uh, around the stage you're at is about pricing and Pactum such a novel solution. I, I'd be curious how you and the guys thought about pricing uh, with your first customer. And now as you're starting to accumulate uh, a roster of, you know, household names as customers. Yeah. Um, so, so we've, we've determined a fixed price for a POC and uh, that, that is uh, quite low and easy to accept uh, for our customers uh, so 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 that helps uh, and if we go to a full uh, implementation then then what we usually do is a a profit share model uh, because a, because we're in a unique position since we know the previous value of the deal and we know the new value of the deal and and thus we can uh, agree agree a percentage of profit share, uh, and and with that model, uh, our our incentives are perfectly aligned uh, with our customer. Uh, sometimes that doesn't work uh, for for instance for new negotiations where there is nothing to benchmark against, and then we do a a license fee per negotiation. Yep. And um, like, how did you test that? How, you know, was it something that like was iterative, presumably? How, how did you go about evolving and, and developing that, practically speaking? Yeah. Um, no. So, so we're, we're an enterprise startup, so we can't inter- uh, iterate too much uh, because there are only so many large enterprises uh, uh, to go around. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, so now we, we've just uh, brainstormed around it and I identified this to be the best uh, solution. Uh, and, and, uh, and our goal was to uh, do uh, mainly focus on the profit share model. What we discovered during the work is that there are some cases where the profit share doesn't work. And then we, we, 
substituted that with another uh, pricing model. But other than that, it's, uh, it has remained exactly as we planned it in the beginning so far. And uh, last question for you here, as I know we've covered a lot of ground, um, we've seen increasingly last 12 months or so more interest from US-based founders about having an engineering base in Europe. And I'd be curious, you know, given, uh, you know, uh, Pactum has an engineering hub in Estonia, you're US-based, um, how have you managed that to success? Are there any tips? Are there any lessons you can share from maybe uh, when you mismanaged that or, or, or didn't quite have the outcomes you wanted? I think it's a bit e- easier for us since we're all Estonians and, and our, our engineering is based in Estonia. And also, uh, if, if, I'd, if I would, uh, I highly encourage uh, companies to set up an engineering, engineering base in Estonia. It's, the thing is that it's a small country and, and every Estonian entrepreneur works internationally since the domestic market is of 1.2 million people is simply uh, too small that that you you cannot uh, uh, cre- you know gener- uh, create a, a big enterprise here or a big business so so every estonian enterprise is, is used to working internationally and that and the same thing therefore goes uh, for the engineering teams as well so 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 that that works really well and we do zoom calls and uh, and uh, i think we work pretty smoothly awesome well hey martin we've we've covered a lot of ground uh great to have you on here i'm excited to share uh the pactum story and and what you're building uh with the world hey thanks so much santos it was a pleasure to be on the show i appreciate it cheers thanks for listening If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a five-star review and tell us what you liked. And be sure to head over to podcast.dynamo.vc to keep up to date with our latest content or subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice. Until next time.